Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience and Summit Research. We're here live at MJ BizCon. Well, live at the moment, we'll uh, be airing the recording a little later. <laughs> but I'm here with the uh, wonderful and talented Jeff Trotter uh, with Regenibus. We're going to talk about sustainability and everything that goes into that for the cannabis industry. So Jeff, thanks for talking with us. It was great to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. So let's give our audience a little bit of background. What kind of got you into the cannabis sector? Um, Patrick. McCartan, my <laughs> co-founder and partner at uh, Regenibus, he and I had known each other for a good period of time and um, we would check in with each other like once a month or so. He'd gone off to discover everything around the world of cannabis. I'd gone off to do some advisory work with the United Nations and then in a kind of like a two men and a baby kind of way because he would bring his youngest. We would sit in this <laughs> restaurant in, the, in somewhere in San Francisco rocking the little kid in the ch in the little in the car seat and man, what are you doing these days cannabis really tell me more and he he just would tell me more and I, and, and I realized I said, you know and the back of prohibition and the prohibition era and the work that I'm doing around sustainable development actually there's a fantastic intersection here it and uh, absolutely I, is. I got a sense the more I then started diving into what was going on in the cannabis space that it struck me that um, you could sense that, that there was this uh, opening up, this, this moving beyond the prohibition era, slow but getting there, you can yeah. see it, that would this not then be a great opportunity to look at something around the lines of, you know, of the plant, by the plant, for the plant, and extending that into of the planet, by the planet, for the planet. Yes. Because we felt that there was just something missing. And Patrick and I had come from the world of sustainability. We'd worked with some great organizations and we'd worked together for a period of time. And, uh, and then it just hit us that actually, wouldn't there be an opportunity for, for us to drive industries through the, the resurgence of cannabis? So it's not just, so let's talk about renormalization. We'll come back to that in a moment because prior to prohibition, this was a widely used plant. Oh, yeah. So, so it's not new in that sense. So we're looking to renormalize. But from our perspective, if we are to look at the opportunity around the plant, then it could drive other regenerative industries oh, beyond yes. regenerative agriculture. Absolutely. So that's when we kind of like got regenerative, cannabis, regenibus. And that's, that's how that came about. I love that. And yeah. it, it truly was for such a long period in history relied on heavily used as a renewable uh, affordable resilient mm. uh, resource and then this huge period where it fell fell out we couldn't get any of the benefits yep. and so I'm thrilled that there's an organization I'm sure many but your organization is focusing on uh, the, the renewable regenerative sustainable aspects of cannabis because and this is something that I've always liked about what you're doing is bringing attention to the fact that it's not greenwashing there isn't um there's this negative stigma that cannabis is really resource intensive uh, to cultivate sure 
but there are ways to do it sustainably and there are ways to use it to do sustainable things. Yeah, for sure. And you know, from our perspective, what we are looking at, and just as, as a little bit more about the work that we're doing, we're US based, but we're not US centric. We, we kind of look at this as a, as a massive opportunity for humanity. I mean, that sounds a little trite, but you know, we fundamentally believe that if we get this right, we can uplift 7.8 billion lives. Actually, mm -hmm. someone corrected me that it's actually now it's 8 billion. Yes, just, just well, earlier this week, I think. <laughs> trust me, the, the difference, they don't need any help. You know, like the 1% or the 2%, they don't really need any help. Right. But we cannot, I, I don't think, there's, a, there's a, it's almost like our imperative as humans, we cannot leave 7.8 billion people behind. And we do think that as we come out of this post-prohibition era, if we look at both, well, the recreational space around cannabis and then the medical space, but then let's also look at an even bigger opportunity, which is the industrial cannabis space, yeah. aka hemp. But then you're talking about the opportunity to create regenerative industries and think of any industry that begins with letter F. Food, fuel, fashion, fibers, fabrics, farming, pharma. Right. Doesn't begin with an F, it sounds like it. <laughs> and then ultimately finance. We can have regenerative industries, regenerative food, regenerative farming, regenerative finance, regenerative finance, imagine. And we feel that we could do that both for the cannabis industry and then by the cannabis industry. So we're looking to create opportunities uh, with no matter the vertical from a licensing perspective, but no matter where you sit in the cannabis industry and no matter which sector you're in, recreational, medical, hemp, no matter, that frankly, there is an opportunity to look at where we can do things better from an environmental perspective, mm -hmm. from a social perspective, and also just from a, a governance pers perspective, from a set of behaviors at a corporate level. And, and, and hence, uh, the work that we're doing also is aligned very much then to ESG, environmental social governance factors. We believe that actually if we can help cannabis companies address their imperative to go beyond just seeking an economic impact, but to create a social impact as well as an environmental impact, then when the doors really do open, uh, when it comes to investment, either on the back of the Safe Banking Act or the CLIME Act, or just good old-fashioned federal legalization, and we have the finance world coming into this space more than they're already in this space, but we're talking about institutional investors. For sure, those institutional investors will be looking for evidence in cannabis companies of ESG at play. And so we're helping cannabis companies can like future-proof themselves for that eventuality. And it's, it's a big part of what we're doing. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, it's worth just spending a bit of time looking at looking beyond the sort of the, the green washing or the green rushing in this space. Yeah. Actually, you can, you can create, you know, massive profitability in this space and do good. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And that's, that's Say it essentially what we're doing. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I love that. And uh, do you feel like ESG is going to become a more uh, focused part of regulations going forward? Yeah, it's for sure. Um, if you look at what's going on here in the United States with Gary Gensler at the SEC, they're making pronouncements and announcements all the time in terms of initially from an environmental perspective, looking at greenhouse gas emissions, etc., scope one, scope two, scope three emissions. Any company 
in the in not just cannabis companies but any company in the United States is going to have to report out on their ESG performance. Wow. Cannabis companies are going to be no different. And of course, for sure when you see cannabis companies, certainly those listed ones, as they uplist out of Canada into the United States, into NASDAQ or into the New York Stock Exchange, again, there will be an expectation around an ESG performance. And it's not that only Gensler and the SEC are saying this. The market is demanding it. Consumers are demanding it. Yep. Other businesses are demanding it. And dare I say, other countries are demanding it. So if yes. you think that you can exist in a vacuum in the United States, you have another well, you have another big challenge coming if you're aspiring then to operate, for example, in Germany or in, in Europe generally, where your ESG performance is 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 more than expected. It's it's now a legal requirement. Right. So we know that this is happening. We know for sure as eggs as eggs that this is this is coming. And it's more than a moral imperative. It's there's policy change happening. There's, as you mentioned, a global growing demand yep. that people in the the most polluting countries take accountability for that. Yep. And I I would love to say I you know I think many cannabis companies are thinking about it, but too often it becomes the um, finance uh, economic motive. Yep. But I loved your point that they're not mutually exclusive. These can happen at the same time, and it can make your com your company stronger and yep. find better investment. And that's totally. something that, that you talk about uh, with the Regenibus Live events. Correct, yeah. So at, uh, we, I think we're still the only private company that has actually managed to have a, a conversation at the UN around cannabis. Yeah, huge. There, so United I mean, Nations Cannabis. So we did this in May of this year. I was going to say last year. It seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Like everything is a long time or everything is like crazy in the world of cannabis. But it was it was six months ago. Yeah. And we will go back again in six months time. We're going to go back to the UN. We'll build out on those conversations. And what, what we are doing with these conversations, we're moving beyond the conversation. We're looking at action orientation. It's all well and good that we can talk, but what are the actions that are going to come out of this? And then as we go back, let's talk about what happened. Yeah, what, what came worked, out of this. What right. hasn't worked. And one of the things that we, we do and it's with intention is, as the UN pointed out to us uh, after the event, they said, you know what we really like more than anything else? was that you guys brought the market into the room. And by that, if you look at the five broad stakeholder groups in any market, you have corporations, you have finance, the investor world, you have governments, the regulators, you have civil society, the nonprofit organizations that like check in and say, what about this and what about that? What okay. about social impact? What about social equity? What about, and, and rightfully so, to keep everybody. And the fifth is media companies. Yes. Because the media companies like your own are, are out there telling these stories that really need to be told. And so by bringing those five forces into the room to have these conversations, we're opening up you know, beyond the discussion of what would happen if we have a fully legalized, renormalized, regulated cannabis industry. What that then does to create an economic impact for sure. Yes. Capitalism lives. But actually, multi-capitalism lives because aside from an economic impact, we'll see a social impact as well as an environmental impact. And we're addressing then a whole bunch of environmental and social injustices that are happening, not only within the world of cannabis, but just period. That's why this 
we're in such a mess right now. Yes. And, and, and ultimately what we're really helping more and more cannabis executives understand is that actually the more they embrace their authenticity, the more they embrace that it's not only about an economic upside, that they can deliver a social upside as well as an environmental upside, they get it and actually they realize that not only does it bring access to capital, because again, those institutional investors will want evidence of an ESG performance, yeah. but your social license to operate is then created because consumers increasingly want to buy products from those companies that they know are doing good. Absolutely. You don't do. even have to wait for the regulations around marketing and advertising in the cannabis space at a product level when you could be doing it at a corporate level. Yes. And demonstrate, because ultimately what's going to happen is when products in the cannabis space can be marketed, people are going to immediately associate product X with company Y and they're going to lean more towards buying those particular products. Yeah, and we're so, seeing it as well with, with employment, just finding finding work that you can retain, talent that you can retain. Yeah. It's about finding fulfillment in your career trajectory, yeah. feeling that you work for a company that shares the same goals and ideals. Yeah. And that comes from ESG. Yeah. I think especially for, for the younger, the millennial generation. Totally. I, I mean, I th we, we look at those five areas. Uh, of why an organization, any organization, any industry should be embracing environmental social governance as a performance management mechanism, for want of a term. It's about mitigating risk. Yeah. It's about having access to capital. It's about having uh, the license to operate. It's about securing consumers or clients if you're in the B2B space. <laughs> but also the, the fifth one is exactly that. This is a growing industry. And there will be a war for talent, and talent increasingly only wants to work with organizations where they feel as if, aside from the paycheck, they actually feel like they want to be in this organization. They feel yes. as if they're part of something. And for sure, those that's that's the that's the other significant driver that, that we're addressing here. And so another cool project you're working with is, um, you were telling me earlier about a new report that you worked with a company t about resource efficiency? Correct, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, six months ago, yeah. we published a report with uh, New Frontier Data. New Frontier Data, I love. Which was yes. uh, ESG, ESG report, ESG in the cannabis space. Okay. Very well received report, so we co-authored that. We worked uh, long and hard with the guys at uh, New Frontier Data. and. You know, Patrick and I come from the sustainability world. I come from the information services world. So I always like this idea of, of content, not necessarily the pace that you guys put it out. I, I it's like, it's frightening the pace of stuff that you're <laughs> yes. putting out. It's exhausting. So it's exhausting. And it, <laughs> frankly, it's exhausting to do every six months, but that's, what, yes. that's part of what we're doing. We've just released a report this week that we co-authored with Hawthorne Gardening Company. Okay, which was and they're, looking, they're huge in the industry. I mean, huge. I think yeah. they're the biggest cannabis grower in America. Yes. Oh, I mean, I don't know, but I know they're one of the biggest. Yes, <laughs> they are. Um, so yeah, it didn't get any bigger than that. Um, and what we're what we're looking at is is resource use efficiency because they're a massively innovative organization, and we recognize that right from the get-go. There, when you look around, not just in the cannabis space, but in other spaces, if you look at innovative technology, which is one of your imprints, right? We know <laughs> yeah. that this this is happening. We're looking at, at those organizations that are, that are front-footed. It's a cricketing term. Don't worry about it. It's just you know, more assertive, owning the space. Yeah. They realize 
that there are different ways in which you can grow this this plant and and rather than saying oh that's bad that's good it's like it could all be good if we look at some of the challenges around the energy intensity or the resource intensity whether it's water or indeed energy yeah so let's look at how we might be able to 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 do something about that let's look at what other alternative for forms of energy could we use in order to to create the indoor grow space yes what about water management and they've got some crazy technologies i mean it's really quite something so what we wanted to do was to create this this report that says let let's look at the verticals in the cannabis space cultivation right through to retail but also add another distribution because at the end of the day that's a big piece of what's going it on is in the cannabis space big footprint we figured that there is opportunity around resource use efficiency right across all of that but this first report was to look at the indoor grow space and part of what we are intending with the report is to is to create a discussion piece that says actually we have a great opportunity here to start looking at at water looking at waste management looking at energy use within that space to to debunk some of the myths that were out there okay and and some of the things that people were saying but recognizing that actually we really need to create a regulated space we need standardization and we need data but we need verifiable trustworthy data and and that's ultimately what this report is about it's it's about creating that awareness that there are opportunities there it's this is not the silver bullet this is not the panacea to the challenges we have but it's a discussion point that we can really get get people going and that, and again we bring the market to talk about this regulators being the government or the SEC uh, uh, as a body within the government but also investors investors are increasingly looking at these opportunities and that's that's a big part of what we're doing so this report has just come out um it's it's a free download um and um it's it's out there you can find it on Hawthorne's website it's so it's on the Hawthorne website efficiency in the Wh cannabis industry where can people go to keep learning more about what you're doing I know you've got a new SaaS platform you're coming out with I, I'd yeah. love to talk about that yeah. more where can people go to to keep up with you and and find out more about this uh, Regenibus information right. so Regenibus.com is our website uh, R-E-G-E-N-N-A-B-I-S it's the first five of, regen of regeneration and the last five of cannabis so Perfect. first five last five Regenibus.com okay and you can just drop an email at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, and then Geoff, at Regenibus.com, or info at Regenibus.com, and one of my lovely teammates will pick up, and we monitor all of that all the time. So there's Perfect. no excuse for not following what we're doing. Okay. Then we have RegenerativeCannabisLive.com, which is the event at the UN. It's a separate, separate website, in, more informative about this specific event and what we're doing in that space. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I learned so much from our chat. I'm always happy to, to learn yeah. from you, Jeff. I love your insights. I'm looking forward to going to UN Live next year. Yeah. Um, that's happening in May. It is. Yeah, May the 11th, uh, back at the United Nations in New York City. Perfect. And next time we speak, we'll talk about our ESG platform, our SaaS uh, platform, which we're in the process of getting out there as a solution for uh, ESG reporting, measuring, and monitoring. 
Excellent. That, that's coming. That's very exciting. There's just not not enough hours in the day to have a conversation. <laughs> in the same way, there's just not enough hours in the day for us to do the work that we're doing. We frankly uh, should be moving to Mars where we got like 50 hours in a day and we might just get it done. <laughs> Maybe we can we squeeze it in. We might just get it done. We'll see. Well, for, um, for Jeff with Regenibus and myself, Patricia Miller, uh, this has been Cannabis Tech Talks. If you want to learn more about emerging technologies in the cannabis space, uh, be sure to check out Cannabis and Tech Today. Follow Cannabis Tech Talks on all the major uh, streaming platforms. And uh, most importantly, thank you to our, our sponsors, PolyScience and Summit Research, for being here with us at MJ BizCon. Uh, join us for the next one. We've got them coming out uh, all day today and tomorrow and throughout the week. So uh, more exciting talks about sustainability. Thanks for joining us uh, and stay elevated. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Wait, you didn't think people would know who I am? Durachill. Uh, this is Durachill. This is Durachill. This is Durachill. No. Hey, I don't talk like that. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. You can't go wrong.